Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Feed Ontario's 2018 hunger report shows Hamilton Centre had the second highest per capita food bank use last year. A study from the former Ontario Association of Food Banks found access to food banks last year jumped 3% to nearly 508,000 people and more than 3 million visits compared to 2017. Now, the report also shows 12,300 people visited food banks in Hamilton Centre 111,000 times last year per capita use of 12 in 100 people. So for every 100 people in Hamilton Center, 12 of them are using a food bank. Only Ottawa Vanier had a higher per capita figure. They're at 15 in 100. That's also the highest in Ontario. What's more disturbing is that the 2018 Hunger Report found children to be one of the largest demographics of food bank users at 33%. And 25% of seniors access a food bank more than 12 times a year compared to 13% of people under the age of 65. Now, Hamilton Food Share helps more than 30,000 people each year in this city. And Joanne Santucci is the executive director of Hamilton Food Share and joins us now here on the Bill Kelly Show. Joanne, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Hamilton Center has the second highest per capita food bank use in 2018. How does that make you feel? It is not a list I want Hamilton to be on, that's for sure. That's for sure. We're trying so hard in this city really to reduce poverty as much as possible. And, uh, you know, I, I think this list or this, this uh, map is wonderful because it's a creative way to tell lawmakers who we sent to Parliament, who we sent to Queen's Park, that you can now go on a map and look at all of the people who are affected by your decisions or lack of decisions. So I like the map because it really brings home the urgency to really uh, have an anti-poverty strategy in place that really can help the lives of people who are suffering so much in our own community. There's been a lot of talk uh, amongst local government officials uh, at the provincial level, at the federal level, about helping those in poverty, about creating more affordable housing and all the other things that go along with that. So we've heard a lot of talk, but are we seeing any action? You know, there's no silver bullet. Everybody's got an answer, but what we have to do is combine several things together that will have the impetus we need to show that there is going to be a deficit in some of those areas that we're looking at filling, you know, filling the gap in. Like, if you look at the basic income pilot project, if they had just completed that project, we would have all the data and all the analysis to find out, you know, uh, where we can move forward from there. But they cancel that. You know, we, we uh, in, the, in the fall... This isn't really a poverty problem. It's really an income problem, Rick. This is the problem. People have incomes that are so dire, that are so below the poverty line, they can't, can't even make the rent. Never mind rent and utilities. We have people here in Hamilton that have come to a food bank, 400, that use 100% of their money on their rent and utilities. What are they doing for the other 35 days? Wow. So, so part of what we have to say is this is a dire situation. It's been going on and it's accumulating. The big story right now with our hunger report that's going to be coming out is that children has increased 10%. More babies lining up the food bank. I don't know what number is the appropriate number where we actually have to make a stand. Uh, I, I don't know where that is. But 10% more children now lining up to a food bank than compared to last year. And that's all of Hamilton? 
This is Hamilton, yes. So usually, um, more, most people are in, um, we found that hunger, uh, this is the first time over two or three years, it's actually expanded a little bit. We have found that over the last two or three years, it's actually deepened that people who would come to a food bank once might need to come more than once now to a food bank, right? So if you look at uh, the amount of people who come to a food bank, just say all, the amount of visits uh, across the city, there are about 22,000 visits a month going across the emergency food network that Hamilton Food Share is the uh, emergency food hub supplying food to these different frontline organizations, right? But in the, uh, in the end, when you look at the unique people coming, we have like, you know, 8,000 adults coming, like almost 5,000 children coming. Um, I don't know. We have to figure out a way to combine all of the energies that's in this community and do one foul push ahead. There are so many different ways we have to go, Rick. Like, like first of all, we have to correct the, the rates. 70% of the people who come to a food bank are on a government assistance program. The assistance programs are sometimes 30 and 40% below the poverty line. The poverty line is being able to meet your basic needs. Below that means you cannot. They are 50% below that line. How how do the number of visits nowadays compare to the rates of say five ten years ago? Is 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 it terribly worse? Is it marginally worse? Where are we going? I think it's been incremental for the last ten years. So where there has been a, a little, there has been a bit of a surge, and then three and four and five percent. But if you just look at you know the economies over the last. Uh, I don't know, 10 years, how many recessions have we been in? What happens in food banks is when there's a downturn, even a slight one, people need help. When they come to get help, they find themselves in this spiral that they just can't seem to get out of. And they stay there for a while, at least five years, in order they can get back into the community, get that job they want, and move further out of the, the poverty that they're in. It takes a while to do that. We're chatting with uh, Joanne Santucci, Executive Director of Hamilton Food Share here on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Rick in for Bill. Uh, you mentioned children. The Hunger Report found children at 33% were one of the largest demographics of food bank users. Um, and these, 40%, right? 40%. And these 30, are... 39.8. These are individuals that, I mean, they can't get a job. They can't get any income. They're really caught in this system. They are. They're, 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 you know, when children start lining up the food bank and aren't skipping rope in front of their house during the summer, that's a problem. You know what I mean? And that, that's an indicator. The next looming, uh, I, I think, concern that we're going to have to talk about really is seniors as well. You know, the seniors have a decline in pensions. There's a decline in personal savings. Uh, many of them who, who don't have pensions didn't have really big jobs, so they, they, have, they couldn't actually contribute to their pension at a lot. You know what I mean? So they don't have a lot of savings. And now we're finding that pensioners now need social housing. And, and social housing wasn't really built for people who couldn't be independent. So you know there's, when you get to be a, you know, a senior's age, you could have a, you know, some physical problems, things of that nature. Social housing wasn't really built for that. You know what I mean? So now we're looking at a large amount of seniors uh, that are going to be retiring. How many of those will have pensions? How many of those will have to lean on a system in order to make, a, make ends meet? These are our parents. The report found that 25% of seniors access a food bank more than 12 times a year. That's an average of yeah. once a month. How does that compare yeah. to Hamilton? Um, I would say that um, uh, the seniors are at, uh, let's see, I would say probably about eight or nine times a year. Wow. And we have about seven, eight hundred of them that, that come to the food bank. And you're talking that's about, you're talking about a, uh, a base that's on a fixed income now. I mean, they're yeah, retired. They're, they're, not, they're not all, no longer pulling in the income that they used to. 
absolutely. Or maybe they have a, a partner who passed away, you know what I mean? They were doing okay until that point. You know, we have, I find a lot of seniors are just doing okay until one of their partners passes away, you know what I mean? And that cuts their income in half, which means they have to move, and that starts a, a downward spiral in in their pension from the government, can they actually afford an apartment? There's apartments now in Hamilton, uh, even basic ones for one-bedrooms, that are going for over $1,000. $1,000 for a one-bedroom apartment. We also find with seniors, too, there's decreased mobility. There's also a reduced ability to cook and clean, all of those things. We're chatting with Joanne Santucci from the Hamilton Food Share here on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Rick in for Bill. So now the tough questions come. How do we how do we change this? How do we reverse this cycle? What we have to do is address the income. We have to start somewhere. And I think the basic pilot income project was something that we've been advocating with food banks for the last 25 years. And when the, the government finally, the provincial government finally took it up and, and started doing it, we said, fine, this is going to be wonderful because the, the, the amount of change that's going to happen for people, just being able to buy a bus ticket, just being able to, you know, get to the end of the month and have enough food and not worry that they're not going to have enough food or money to purchase food or they're going to use that money to buy food and now they're not going to pay their rent. The anxieties around poverty are immense, Rick. And I think we have to address the income first. So Hamilton Food Chair is also supporting Paul Miller uh, in, in, at Queen's Park. And it'll be late September, early October, the third reading for a, a commission to examine and set realistic basic rates for anybody who has to fall onto the social safety net, that at least they'll be able to pay their rent and feed their children. So it's going for its third... Um, Third reading. There's also uh, uh, conservative support for the bill, so we're hopefully it will be it will and it will be the start, right? The next is stop clawing back money from people who are trying to get back into the workplace who are on some kind of an assistance. You know why are we doing that? The next is they're screwing around with the the definition of disability. And I wish it would be to incorporate more people who don't qualify, but it's exactly the opposite, I, I fear, right? So it has to be remain inclusive of, you know, episodic illnesses as well. So there's all kinds of things we can do. Now, affordable housing, our city is amazing. Uh, our, our city council, uh, our city staff uh, on the Housing and Homelessness Committee, they are so hard at work. We're sitting around, uh, you know, uh, meetings trying to figure out what kind of housing, how fast can we get housing in, what type of housing are we going to need, it's really an industry that's going on, an enterprise right now, to figure out how can we bring relief to so many people who have been waiting for so long, you know, for a home. You mentioned the Basic Income Pilot Project a couple of times now. It, it was being used for at least a few months before the Ford government nixed it. Did you notice a difference in, in the levels of people oh that my, were coming in? Oh, my goodness. You know, the simplest thing someone would tell you, you would see just the light of joy. They were able to buy a winter coat that year. You know what I mean? A lot of us, you know, grumble, we got to go to the mall, blah, 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 you know, get a coat. But really, you know, it was such a joy for them to actually have something new on their back that actually fit them, that actually was fit the actual environment as well. There was others who, who talked about, uh, you know, buying their children a new pair of shoes and, and not having to worry whether their, the, the, the pennies would add up and they could actually make that rent. These are just small little things that none of us even think of, but they were the immense joy of someone now knowing that they can become independent of the very other systems that they'd had to add access because they didn't know whether they could stay in their apartment. They didn't know whether they could feed themselves and pay that rent at the same time. Small little joys, but oh my goodness, they're the beginning pieces of changing lives. I can't imagine the emotional thud that they must have felt once the project was nixed and now they're back to square one. 
it was so horrible that they they were signing off because these are people who who took you know it, it doesn't it's not easy to uh, access these services for the government. There's a lot of hoops, a lot of you know criteria. You know, a lot of times you're denied and you got to reapply again when you're not well. All these things, you know, and they gave that up. They gave everything up and signed on because this was an agreement for three years. And at the end of that three years, we were going to assess how it impacted their lives. And there was a very, very small standard. Are you better off than you were when you got onto this basic income pilot project? And a resounding yes from almost every participant. Wow. We're speaking with Joanne Santucci, Executive Director of the Hamilton Food Chair here on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Rick in for Bill. And we're talking about Feed Ontario's 2018 Hunger Report that shows Hamilton Centre has the second highest per capita food bank use in 2018. Hunger doesn't know borders. It, it goes everywhere. So how does Hamilton Center compare to maybe some of the other areas in this city? Um, the, uh, it's not down by the areas. It's down by different wards. So uh, I think that's the highest one. I think they all scale down a little bit from there. But uh, again, this is an issue that's across Hamilton. It's not just in the downtown or the east end or the yeah, north the end. Yeah, the downtown is, is basically a concentration or a, what do they call it, a, a saturation point of the amount of people that are there, how many would access and need that. I think it's a little less around the rest of the city. If you look into the, uh, uh, hang on here. In like the west end or the east end or the mountain, we're seeing like little little spurts of info or, or pockets of uh, people who access food banks in those areas as well. Yeah, here, like Hamilton West, uh, Ancaster is 100 people. Um, uh, Hamilton East, Stony Creek, uh, 4 and 100. Pardon me, the, the Hamilton West, Ancaster was 4 and 100. Uh, Stony Creek is 4 and 100. Uh, Hamilton Mountain, 6 and 100. Burlington, uh, 2 and 100. Uh, that kind of, see, they're, they're a little bit lesser than that. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, probably a third less. You know what I mean? We're also seeing a lot of new people in this city, and a lot, a lot of those new people are, are immigrants. They're coming from other countries. Are you seeing more and more of them accessing food banks? Because they're starting, uh, in many cases, from square one as well. Yes, they really are. Uh, well, we had the Syrian uh, influx come in, and uh, our city was so organized around their, uh, you know, the, them coming in, them being introduced to what's going on, the housing, all of that stuff. Our city did a wonderful job, and that was actually Wesley Ministries did a, a wonderful job, and a few other organizations uh, getting them settled in. But we find that uh, um, we also have to look at the food bank of how can we also add culturally uh, appropriate foods uh, within the sleeve of what it is we do as well. And that's been a, quite a challenge for us over the years. Hamiltonians can also do their part too. I mean, if someone's listening to this segment or downloading the podcast later on and hears about this, uh, you know, we can give to the food bank to to help these people in need. Absolutely. You've got a neighborhood food bank in your neighborhood. You know, give it a call. Give Hamilton Food Share a call. We'll tell you where the closest one is to you. Go down with a bag of food. Go down with a, a donation. The summertime is a difficult time for us. A lot of people are away and on vacation, so donations decline a little bit. So anything you can do uh, this summer would be absolutely helpful. And I also wanted to just do a shout-out to the city of Hamilton and thank them so much. Uh, they ended up giving a, a grant to the emergency food center, uh, pardon me, the emergency uh, uh, food network to help uh, with all of the food uh, concerns coming out uh, uh, this uh, this summer. So we're able to stock the shelves and, um, uh, you know, when people are coming uh, this summer, because we know it's going to be a, a pretty uh, heavy summer as far as access to the food bank. So I want to say a shout out to the city and say thank you very much for adding food to the shelves this summer. That's so needed. What are some of the most needed items right now? 
mostly um, the new items there are, are things that you would eat in the summer. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, a lot of times people eat a, a lot of, uh, you know, rice and pasta. Uh, they, there's uh, protein items is a really good thing to donate. Usually the protein items are the most expensive. So if you can donate to the food bank, that they could use the extra money that's left over by not buying that, but buying more vegetables and other things that kids would need, juices and cereals and things of that nature. Do you also find at this time of the year that people are donating back-to-school items? They really are. It's wonderful. And you also, too, the, the food bank isn't what it used to be. You know, we've raised over 3.3 million pounds of food last year, and over 60% of it was fresh. You know what I mean? Which was, uh, you know, eggs and meat and cheese and, and stuff for salads and all kinds of fruit and vegetables. So, you know, uh, the food bank isn't what it used to be. We're really making a marked effort into uh, really looking at nutrition as another building component for, you know, if you're, if you're having a, a problems in your life, you need that nutrition to actually think, to move, to to move yourself forward. So uh, we're really happy about the contributions that are coming in. So if you want to give something, give a protein item or, or something or juice for kids, uh, things of that nature. It will be very helpful. And, and money goes a long way too, right? Money goes a long way. For every dollar we, we can raise, we can raise $5 worth of food. So we can stretch that five times uh, the limit uh, if you want to donate to the food share. Excellent. Joanne, appreciate the time. Good luck with this battle. Wonderful, Rick. Have a nice day. You too. Joanne Santucci, Executive Director of Hamilton Food Share here on The Bill Kelly Show. Uh, I mean, the, the numbers are, are startling. When you break it down, the numbers are simply startling in terms of the number of children and seniors and residents in this city that need to access a food bank, that need the services of Hamilton Food Share. Otherwise, well, I, I just don't want to think what the alternative is. 507,000 people, nearly 508,000 people access to food bank in 2018 compared to 2017. That's a that's a ton of people. Just over 12,000 in Hamilton Center. That's a per capita usage of 12 in 100 people. Second highest in Ontario. Listen, go to the website of Hamilton Food Share, go visit a local food bank, uh, give them a, a monetary donation, bring some food if you can. That is going to go a long way to helping uh, the less fortunate in this community. And, yeah, governments have to step up too. I know there's been a lot of talk. Let's see a little more action. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.